1: This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to Armchair Cricket Podcast. A podcast focusing on Test Cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit. We are recording this on the last day of the year and uh, we have a special guest joining us to you know, round out the year and uh, sort of look back at some of the key events. So we have Nishant from Cricket Bloggers. Hello, Nishant.
0: Hi Ajit. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving this opportunity to talk about 2021 and cricket overall thank you
1: no worries look uh, we are happy to share the platform with uh, like-minded individuals and our people and basically just you know it's this is this is all we want to do right we want to talk about cricket somebody else who also is equally interested is always welcome anyway it's it's a pleasure to have your company let's uh, maybe directly dive into what's happening let's discuss the test match that ended yesterday the the more longer of the two Boxing Day tests, right? So the India-South right. Africa test. Did you get a chance to watch most of it?
0: Yes, almost, almost. And the part that I was not able to watch because of some things, I just watched the highlights.
1: Hmm. Let's start off. So basically, if you look at uh, Indian innings, the way India started was quite, quite really uh, amazing. 272 for three. And then unfortunately, on the third morning, an entire day was lost, second one. On the third morning, they collapsed, 327 all out. So, let's just discuss this point. Uh, what are your thoughts on the India first innings? I,
0: I would say there are there are two aspects of it. One was, you know, uh, the first day. Probably for India, India had already won a game on first day itself. Because on South African peaches when when you scored 272 for three, you had won, I mean, you know, you win most of it, especially in the first innings. But having said that, it was more because of, uh, I mean, you know, wavered lines of South African uh, bowlers. Uh, India got this chance. Yes, Rahul applied himself very well. But then, you know, there were chances left as well. That is the reason. Uh, and and that reflected in, in the third morning and the second India as well, that India very easily collapsed. So probably first test, India have very easily won, I would say. But second test, India will have to be careful, considering that, you know, now, now South African bowlers are getting, um, I mean, you know, they are getting better as we are moving into the
1: series? Well, the thing is, for me, the way India started, probably the first hour of play on the first day was really instructive. Probably you could say there's a little bit of guilt in the way South African bowlers bowled, uh, or they were not entirely right. Guilt is a very strong word. They did not make the batsman play enough. And really, Mayank and Rahul uh, really need to be lauded the way they let the ball go in that first hour, and even up to lunch, right? So the opening partnership probably decided decided uh, how the Test match would go. You're absolutely right. It's tough batting on that pitch, on that green uh, pitch, and uh, these two saw off like 40 hours almost, right? And they put on 117. That that sort of set it up so beautifully. Unfortunately, the rest of the batsmen didn't didn't, uh, convert that. So, you had two middling scores, uh, Kohli making 35 and Rahane 48. And Cheteshwar Pujara, unfortunately, uh, first ball duck, I think there was enough spoken about it as well. That, uh, you know, 29th time he's getting dismissed, coming on the front foot and so on and so forth. Uh, For me, I'm not reading too much into it yet. But um, there is always this worry that, you know, this is career on the vein because this guy is the bedrock on which India built many of its overseas victories, right? Because whenever they went out, this guy is to make sure they held one end of the um, batting and make sure the other stock makers like Rahane Kohli, Pant, everybody around him could score those runs, big runs. Correct. So if Virat Kohli is the Indian captain who's won two uh, away boxing day tests, I think uh, this this person also, Pujara, gets a lot of credit for that. but. Um, you know, in this test match, the openers did all the scoring for a change. And of course, Rahane, I think 48 was a very crucial innings there because after if still India could have uh, let go of the advantage if they were, I don't know, 275 for 6 in the evening. That's a completely different story from 272 for 3. Probably 275 for 6 would have been better. That meant the tail enders probably would have batted better on the last day, maybe. You no, know. The way the batting collapsed was uh, quite quite uh, disheartening as an India cricket fan. For example, if you're looking on, Rahul played a slightly injudicious shot, must be said, the way he got out, trying to yes. pull a, a shortest ball. He could have let that go. It was still going down leg and it was not so much on the body and he was out. And then Rahane was worked out and then look, a lot of credit to Engedi, right? So there, the way... The way Engedi first of all bowled uh, in the first day where he took those two wickets in one over and then they kept attacking. And Marco Jansen, first Test match that right? you can't say too much about it yet, but uh, he was a bit guilty of coming onto the stumps, coming into the batsman's pads too much. A lot of runs leaked there. But uh, on the third morning, I think Rabada and Engedi made it up beautifully. So basically, this this lower order Indian lower order is very you know very exciting. Pant, Ashwin, Akur. Uh, they are always, at least between them, they have made a lot of runs. I think specifically in England, when they won that test, that uh, partnership between Pant and Thakur was what made it right happen. Yes. This time, they were not allowed to do almost anything. They were all just dismissed within a few balls of each other. Mostly worked out by, you know, at square leg, quartet short leg. Um, and Thakur sort of, you know, they gave him a boundary to get him to swing. And then the next ball was just pushed, pulled just that much back, like a couple of feet back. You saw he still swung through, thinking it's full enough. And then he just nicked back, nicked out, right? Very classic uh, dismissal. And then,
0: uh,
1: yeah, the setup was nice. So, and I think they did that to Thakur in both the innings, by the way. Yeah, they got him to hit again on the last morning and then got him out. So, or the fourth morning got him out. So, that was also again pretty much uh, set up. I will not blame the last three, not a lot to say there, but 327 in the end, probably you know, Boomrah made some 10 runs more. So that was very good. When it comes to South African innings, your thoughts, first innings? Uh,
0: again, the same thing that I mean, I was expecting, honestly, Elgar, Elgar is in a different league, to be honest, opening in South Africa isn't that easy but to get him out was was a credit to Boomra, of course but otherwise i was expecting at least uh, at least makram and QdK could uh, sorry quinton decock to make some runs which they couldn't and uh, credit to india for for working them out as well otherwise baum applied himself beautifully which ball to left which ball to play where to score runs he was quite clear about it um, uh, i think it was after lunch or tea on on day 3 when Keegan peterson uh, played one ball to the square or say behind square and scored a boundary and then he got got out he had actually showed where to score runs on this pitch you know you patiently wait and then once there is a uh, once there is a width, you just push it you just push it towards the uh, behind the square and score a lot of runs and bauma specifically used that technique quite well to to you know uh, score his 15 in that first innings i would say he, he was the pain around which innings innings revolved but, but that loss of these three main other batters uh, say uh, elgar uh, quinton decock and Markham, that that is where where they faltered more than anything else yes of course i mean it is it is very well known that indian team uh, bowling lineup is is pretty relentless throughout the year if not beyond i would say they are of course they are but 2020 2021 was a highlight of of their entire setup of the last three, four years. Yes, they are relentless, and in those conditions, how to play? Probably Bahuma showed beautifully, others faltered over there. And that is the reason they had to consider 130, which rather they would have liked to be like to keep it to not more than 30, 40, even in, even with their betting or a little lesser inexperienced betting lineup.
1: I think there are two underperforming players here, Aidan Markram and uh, Quentin Decock. They are both extremely talented, and in fact, Eden Makram is probably the future of South African top order batting. So, uh, Rassi Van der Dusen has been very reliable this year for them in all formats, right? In the short formats yes. as well. Yes. I, uh, the way he batted, I think it was going to be very important because uh, mm. as an opener, sometimes you have a bad game. So, I wouldn't put it too much to Eden Makram. I think I even see him probably coming good in the upcoming days. Elgar did well in the second innings, so he did his bit. So, you know, he did his work. But you're right, they they probably looked up to the openers to sort of replicate even at least half the amount of runs. If India had had given their team, if the openers had replicated that, that would have been a different story. Keegan Peterson is still learning his trade at the top level. His talent is very much there. Looking forward to him establishing himself and sort of working through a long career. Like, you know, somebody like Pujar or somebody at number 3. You're right, he showed in both the innings there was enough See that this guy has the talent. This guy has exactly. The, uh, this guy has the technique as well. But uh, I there, I, I think I give a lot of credit for the Indian bowl, especially Muhammad Shami. Uh, Bumrah got Elgar out. That was very important. He got him in the very first over, right? Because this guy is very stickable. He stays and he stays and stays and can bat for a day, like very much like in in the mold of somebody like Gary Kirsten, uh, Nuggety left hander who stays in the crease and very tough to get him out. And the longer he stays, people around him will continue to get the runs and not particularly pretty on the eye or something, but doesn't matter. They got him out and uh, Shami, I think that spell, the first spell of Shami was really eye-opening as a cricket match fan, right? So, the way he got uh, Makram and uh, Peterson out was beautiful. What What you said, Peterson was set up by, they got him to open out. They got him to play across and then got one to go away. So the ball was doing quite a lot, and this control is what is probably, you know, the thing that separates this Indian bowling attack from any of on any of its pre- previous fast bowling setups. Precisely. Right. So that that little wobble. So Shami probably his natural ball was always the one that came in. He's developed one that leaves the batsman beautifully. He showed mm-hmm. that when he got Peterson out. Mm-hmm. And Bumrah, you have this uh, unpredictability. don't know what is going to happen. So, the the, he showed that with the archer on the fourth day right when he got uh, um, So, uh, there's always this something special around the corner that Bumrah gives you. So, there is a bit of worry when Bumrah walked away because he rolled his ankle. It's always very dangerous when that happens because if you remember in 2005 ashes, the entire ashes pivoted on that rolling of an ankle of
0: right?
1: But uh, luckily, he was able to come back and again little bit of credit to the south african lower order temba and quinton had set it up and i again here say quinton should have gone on having gotten to 34 or 63 he has this you know penchant to play um his bat comes from third man rather than from behind him so yes. there is this gap that opens up and shardul exploited it in the first innings and then uh siraj set him up in the second innings where second you one. could see that you know in the second innings they kept targeting that fifth stump line where he can't avoid Uh, Having a go at that, and the bat is coming down at an angle, there's always a chance you'll knock it onto your own stumps. Into the stumps. Temba really a lot of character. Uh, 100 balls he played, but those were tough 100 balls for those 50 runs. And a little bit of credit to the lower order, where you know those 12s, 19s, 20s, they added a little bit of power. This could have been much worse, I'm telling you. They could have ended up 130 all out, considering a lead of 197 rather than scoring 197. So if they if they suffered the same fate as the Indian lower order, they could have considered 150, 150, run plus lead.
0: Precisely.
1: Right. So, then uh, really deserved 5 4 200 test wickets for Mohammad Shami. I think uh, this guy is like really coming on beautifully. And he's still, you know, 30 31. There's still a couple of good years left ahead of him. So, I would say we can look forward to him probably making um, really good contributions for India abroad and even at home. So, that's the one thing I really praise this management. Right? or this thought process that has evolved in Indian cricket, they have actually chosen their fast bowlers, whom they'll play at home and whom they'll play abroad consistently. Right? So you have Umesh Yadav, you have Ishan Sharma, and Ishan Sharma probably will play both places, but they're not really looking for Shami and Bumbra to play in all Indian tests. They'll have the other people play there. And because there's more spin dominant conditions, they'll use somebody like Umesh Yadav as the only fast bowler. These days, mostly it'll be two fast bowlers, so they'll pick Ishanth in the 11. right? They, we saw that in the New Zealand series at home, where you have three spinners probably in some tests. The Shami and Bumbra partnership is saved for mostly abroad tests by this Indian management. I really like that. You know, when you look at the biomechanical action that Bumbra has, you're not sure if this guy might not play more than 50 to 60 tests in his career, frankly, right? And... Uh, both Shami and Bumrah have that reality where they may break down at any point in time. You saw a bit of that when Bumrah walked out. But uh, the way they are being persevered and the way they are sometimes even saved, they don't play every test in a series uh, together. So they are used where it's really impactful. So they knew the Indian management knew if they win the first test, it's going to be a big deal because they've never won at Centurion. Right? And you're setting up the series. So uh, this is something i've really really uh, appreciated about this management where probably the expectations are set up correctly do you think
0: yes absolutely absolutely and honestly to me if kl rahul was a man of the match the highlight of that test match was mohammad shami it was it was just that you know mm-hmm. uh, rahul had already set up a match earlier he was given man of the match but then the way Shami bowled consistent lines, consistent lines and the, that seam position—I mean, very close comes to that—and and, and it, it all came through in in this particular test. I would say that uh, he was highlight of the test match. So absolutely, the way way management has set it up for for this players where and who needs to play where, or rather we say horses for courses. It's it's absolutely commendable, and that is the—I mean—one one of the major reasons behind. India's success even in even at abroad at, at home yes it's a the uh, dominant side of course but the way 2021 has won uh,
1: winning in Australia
0: England and South Africa a lot of credit to management
1: so there again a lot of credit to also the behind the scenes management yes yes Shastri the coach previously Kohli the continued captaincy and of course Rahane when he has had a chance so six Test matches he's captained India in Kohli's absence, they've all been momentous. Exactly. I think we'll get into it a little bit later, but very momentous times he's had a change of leadership and he's done his bit yeah. very well. Yeah.
0: One thing I would like to talk about, Ajit, from first taste is from Adan Makram's case. You know, There has been a lot of talk about him being the future of South African cricket, but that talk has been from too long now, I guess. It's been four, or five years that we are talking about the future, but that future should have realised why now, which is not happening and I would say as a cricket fan, I'm a little more concerned over there that is there anything missing in that piece that they need to fix as a management or as a a player. Because, you know, it's been long that we're hearing that he is going to be the future. But that future realization must come now. That future is now for them. And that is where expectations from Makram is is
1: high now. Hmm. Look, as a player, there are no doubts about his talent. Hmm. Right. Hmm. It's about probably the mental aspect. Yes, could be. If you, saw, if you saw what happened to KL Rahul after he was dropped for some uh, injudicious comments on some TV show. Mm. right? Mm. The player who came back was so much better thanks to that, that hiatus he had where he was uh, given a chance to focus inwards. You know, again, there is always this talent on show, no doubt ever. But it's the grit, it's that steel that you saw in the first innings, the way he batted. That is what you need to add. There's always flair for Makram. There's always the talent are clear. There's no doubt about it. But can you convert it at the highest level? Then you have to add a certain amount of grit, a certain amount of uh, determination. That's the thing. And as far as management is concerned, look for South Africa, there are other things that are always in focus. So they have a very, very varied culture and a very vibrant uh, culture there and are trying to balance the cricket team and uh, the rest of the sporting teams also with how the rest of the society is having an outlook right, right? so there probably you have some administrators administrators coming and going but they've tried to keep the coaching setup fairly steady so I would think probably it's about the individual here because he's getting all the chances he gets in fact he was as you say talked up as the next captain in tests precisely he still might be right yeah. But as the batsman, he has to stand up and he's now in the international setup for already th- four years, three to four years. That's long enough that you have to translate, start translating your talent. If you look at people like uh, probably people who came at the same time, Babar Azam, look at where he is today. Right? He's probably right on the heels of the top four, maybe already in the top four yeah. batsmen in the world, world right now, right? in every format. So that's a guy who's translated that potential. Whereas this is a guy who has not been able to do that. So that's the that's the lesson that I think if Makram were to be, you know, he were to pay more attention to a little bit more. At some point in time, you know, it, there's a word here, which is a rather not a good one to use in cricketing term, but there's a word become more selfish. Hmm. So if that helps you focus on scoring more runs for yourself and become more focused on um, how you can improve yourself, like literally... Uh, work with the batting coach there's always a batting coach on hand at, in every international team. so it's about using the time and probably making that little mindset change. So each of us we grew up in a specific way and we we've, uh, we've, we've come to accept challenges in life that's been given to us in a specific way. Sometimes you have to look at it completely differently and that can that can be the mental change that you have, you may have to make. Uh, no doubt he'll be working very hard behind the scenes right He's also probably aware of this pressure. And uh, he'll be looking to make those changes. I'm sure they, we will get to see more of those in the upcoming, you know, months. Yes,
0: yes. Prob- probably the way you spoke about Rahul, right? That once he was dropped, the way he came back was was excellent. Probably, probably, you know. Sometimes we feel that those are the positive moves too, from from one's career perspective or one's you know betterment perspective. Probably with Makram, that kind of, I mean, not a bad treatment, of course, that we are dropping you because of you not scoring runs, but you know. Probably you may you may work on your mental aspect. It's it's obvious that you're going to work a lot of uh, you're going to score a lot of runs in domestic cricket. So we have no doubt about that when you go back and do that. But you know, mental aspect is something that you need to work out. So you know, take a break, work it out. Once you start scoring consistent runs over there, you you'll be back probably in three, four months, six months step. You know, sometimes sometimes the way it did for Rahul, it can make a huge impact, and and that can take South African cricket to the next level that we, we all expect it to
1: be. Look, in a couple of years, probably Elgar also will be. Exactly. Him. So, it will be these three or four people. You know, you have uh, Rasifan Redoussan is probably, you know, early 30s as well. But at least he has two to three more good seasons left for sure. Even four maybe. So, you have Keegan Peterson, Rasifan Redoussan, Temba Boma looks like a stable guy. And maybe now Kyle Verrine might come into the squad because Quinton de Kock has already announced his retirement. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, what are your thoughts on going uh, to Deccox's retirement? Was this expected?
0: Mm, honestly, yes. I was expecting that he he will drop himself from from. I, I was actually expecting him to retire from uh, from the cricket itself. Uh, whatever happened during even the T Twenty World Cup, right? Not, not a good episode of cricket that that we would say off, off the field, of course. But after that, even if you observe in the first taste, he was he was kind of yeah. in a cocoon. Right. Similarly, the way I have seen even Ben Stokes in, in the entire ashes. We'll talk about it later probably. But uh, you know, the way I have seen these guys, they have gone into their cocoon, which otherwise it wasn't. Right. They would um, even while batting, even while keeping for Quinton Decock for that matter. He was vibrant. You know, he will keep chirping. In this case, you haven't seen much about it. He will just stand behind the stumps and do his job and walk away. That sort of a thing had started happening. And that was that was evident when when we you know uh, saw the first test so then then i had started feeling like you know this quinton decock is not that quinton decock that we used to see another aspect is of course so much of cricket nowadays that you know it, it starts taking toll on your not just physical but men- mental health too the way we were talking about say uh, i mean not precisely the way but the way we were talking about rahul or makram this this you know it starts taking Toll on you when you are consistently on road for for say longer years. Say for example, uh, playing in IPL may not be a may not be a mandate, but then you look at that you know it will not just give you that uh, you know remuneration that you are looking for, but even the experience kind of experience that you are looking at as a player. Uh, you you set expectations for yourself. You you get into that mode that no I am going to play. Right. And then if you want to continue over that, you have to sacrifice something. And I think it came at a cost of. Test retirement.
1: You're right. So the only thing we have to be a bit more careful about is sometimes a player feels uh, there is always this world's whole world's expectation mm, on you, mm. right? But so you want to look at how you want to place your career as a player. You have this um, right to do it at all times, right? So uh, the rest of us might feel this guy has such a lot of talent. Why does he play tests for South Africa and so on and so forth? But he sees his utility better in shorter formats. Right, and maybe he's tried to work out those kinks he has in his technique, batting technique, and he's unable to uh, completely overcome them. And you saw how he got out exactly in the same way in both the tests, both the innings. So probably that sort of made up his mind. Uh, for me, it's still a bit premature, and I dare say, if he wants to come back in a couple of years, uh, that's still fine. If he wants to come back to the test match setup, first class setup, and then, so it's it might still be possible, but. It's it's about respecting the player's decision, right? He's a really wonderful limited hours player. He's good in IPL. Probably, you know, one of these days, um, he might get a chance to make a telling contribution to get South Africa that one, you know, international trophy that they've been searching for in a shorter format in one day, probably, you know. So probably he can focus on that and spend more time with his young family. He's going to have mm. a kid shortly, looks like. So there are things that he can focus on and... Uh, it does seem at this stage he's pulled the trigger a bit early, but who knows? Uh, so he knows why he made this decision. So I respect him for that. And if he's always, you know, if he's ready to welcome, I think there might be still be a place for him, even if a couple of years down the line, if he wants to come back and contribute to the test match setup again. So that's the way I look at it for Quentin Ducock. To wrap up the test, well, what do you think of India's second innings? I would say I
0: would say it was more about you know having having a cushion of those 130 runs. That that some of the shots were a little lazy. They could have been better, of course. But uh, knowing that 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 you know we have a cushion of hundred and thirty, we can we can play one more extravagant shot, which may give us more runs. And that is where that is where India I would say I wouldn't say faltered, but but couldn't do to their potential. How because on a similar pitch, similar conditions on the first innings, they scored much better. But they probably they scored lesser because of because of that. And then another aspect I, I always spoke about is that the uh, the bowling lineup, South African bowling lineup, right? In first first day they were not up to the mark or relentless as I said. But in the second innings they also uh, you know, on on these mistakes of Indian batsmen, and that's where their you know uh, uh, Indian running could not go as it should have been. Yes. Say, I mean, those low, lower order runs, Ashwin scored a few, then Pant you know, played that run-pricing inning to give us 38, I think 38 a bit he gave. That was all, all, you know, all good, but probably the top order could have, could have capitalized better.
1: It's always the case that, you know, you are setting up a test match, you, you are a bit more uh, cavalier in your approach, but being all out, I think, is something they'll probably want to look at behind the scenes. They definitely will. Because um again you have Rahane being set up with a hooked bouncer, and then next one he's sitting down, fine legs throat. Kohli being set up for that cover drive that he's always looking, you know. Speaking of players who got out in the same way, Kohli got out exactly yeah. in the same way, right? Both innings. So um trying to set that cover drive up and then get him to drive away from his body so that he nicks, by, nicks out, right? Pujara again sort of started. Showing that old Pujara, the one we want to uh, him to occupy time. He stayed there for nearly two hours, which is important. Rahul nearly stayed for two hours, but again, his role was going to be like that of a sheet anchor, probably. Right? People around him would go scoring. I think Shardul did a good job there. He hit a six on the fourth morning and made sure you know the first thirty minutes were played out by the time he was out. There was not going to be another you know really shabby uh, collapse like what happened in the second day or mm-hmm. third day, and then basically yeah so. And then those runs were very important. Rahane 20, Rishabh Panth continued to play 34, very, very useful runs. And then Ashwin 14. So I think 174 in the end turned out to be enough, 100 runs more than enough. right? But at some point I felt they would have been happier going in at 174 for 5 declare rather than 174 all out. Right? That's the thing they'll probably want to look at. But all in all, the weather was closing in. They were also still thinking about it. right? So... They probably wanted a hundred overs, worst-case scenario, to make sure, even if one session was lost on the last day, right? They would still be able to force a result. So they had that. And uh, your thoughts on the final innings of the game? Mm,
0: it was more or less predictable, honestly speaking. Once, once you have pressure of three hundred and five runs, say, I mean, if you look back few years ago, uh, few years ago uh, when Dhokli and uh, devilers had played out, not expecting that kind of a that kind of a blockathon. Because of the experience of these these guys as well, and importantly, it was of Indian bowling. Again, Shami had had four, uh, sorry, three wickets who were there as well, right? Uh, nicely setting up the batsmen, and then then getting the, them out. On this, though, on the fifth morning, I was expecting uh, South Africa to long laster the way because the way they had uh, did it on the fourth evening, but then again, uh, after lunch, it was just a matter of three balls or three deliveries, and you you were, Paying out, but overall, I was expecting that this is what they are going to stay score around 150. They probably scored and then i sorry, 40 runs more.
1: It's more like, uh, I think Elgar showed his guts that steel that we always look forward to him. He made sure he stayed there, and then uh, Keshav Maharaj. So, basically, the dismissal of Keshav Maharaj was very important on the fourth evening for me, right? It's basically, going four down is different from when you have three down, and again. Their um, tail enders sort of sticking around on the last day, taking another half an hour, one hour out of the game, right? Elgar looked like he was not going anywhere. So, I think, first of all, the dismissal of Rasifanda Dusan, who was set up by Bumrah, right? And then Keshav Maharaj. This was probably really a turning point. And then, on the fifth morning, the next turning point for me was, of course, Elgar's dismissal. So, that was a really, really good ball by Bumrah. So, for me, those three dismissals that Bumrah got for India set it up. And, you know, with the rest of the team really rallying around him beautifully, Decock, I told you, set up and being dismissed by it's Siraj um, this time. Siraj, right. And then the rest of the tale, it happened a bit quickly. So, Marco Janssen was sort of looking good. But the moment, uh, you know, they got him to cover drive, um, they got him to cover drive through extra covers. It looked very nice. But they were setting him up. This happened in the last two hours before lunch. And... Uh, The over after lunch where he came out, he was still in that same mindset or he thought his hands and legs, you know, were in the same way they were going to move. And he was just caught behind, Beautifully done by Shami. And I think last uh, two wickets, not a lot to discuss there. So Ashwin simply got them out where they were trying to, you know, one was trying to hit, the other he didn't, he was not even set yet. So uh, nice to see Ashwin making a contribution. So overall, a really important victory for India and in their quest for, you know, a series victory away in South Africa, this is a really good start. So from here, just to ask you, what will be your prediction for the series?
0: I would say 2 0 India.
1: Hmm. So which one would be a draw then of the upcoming two tests?
0: I would say next one. Especially the reason I'm saying the next one is because the way now South African bowling lineup is betting, India will have to very, very be very, very careful. And if, if that happens, I'm sure uh, you know South Africa will, will, will not let India go like, like they did in the first test. In the next one, uh, once you know, uh, once once this happens in the third test, India will have more experience of what what South African bowling lineup is doing, or what are the tactics, right? So then again, they'll work out how we want to bat. But the second one, where you know South African bowling lineup is getting tighter, I see that will be will be a draw.
1: My opinion is probably a two-one victory to India. South Africa will win a test, I think, because um, they're playing at home and. I dare say the next one, they might actually hit back at India. They'll be hurting, Possibly. Now, giving, having given over the possibility, yes. And uh, as you say, the bowlers are coming into their own. But, uh, you know, I back this Indian team to win twice. But I don't think there'll be a draw. Unless weather really intervenes in a big way. You know, this test match, we were probably going to lose a day and a half still the result mm. came through. Mm. right? So, uh, I somehow think um, they're going to be short turnaround tests. There'll be no 500-600s. If there's a 506 scenario it might even result in an innings victory because I think around 200-250 will be the amount of runs most teams will score and maybe there's a 300 or 320 that will already decide the game rather than, you know, uh, I don't really look at a draw yet in the series, but let's see, let's see if this comes through. Now, if you were to take a look at the other uh, Boxing Day test, a rather disappointing one, uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, England versus uh, Australia, you know, Australia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh,
0: again, I was, I was expecting Australia to win, but but not the way, uh, not not win Ashes <laughs> in twelve days, just twelve days rather, right? Of course, see, I mean, for me, England is making same sort of mistakes that they made in even in India series, right? Mm-hmm. Or in New Zealand series. Before that, they played out New Zealand series as well. They they are making the same mistakes, and not on ground. My concern is it off ground. I mean, you are you are playing the uh, similar sort of team that you are playing in India uh, playing with India rather from New Zealand you made a couple of changes but but that's it right and if you see again as I spoke earlier to Ben Stokes, is, Ben Stokes is not in his in his you know, character the way he has been if you look at him betting he's not betting as a Ben Stokes he's betting someone who's who's trying to save his team more than anything else right uh, honestly speaking, it's their management which needs to go. As simple as that. If I, okay, if I focus back on the on the that particular test match itself, this was an expected result. Uh, sixty-eight, of course, sixty-eight was not not uh, not the expected score. But after 82's lead, they could have scored more. Not not more than hundred and forty or hundred and fifty. I was expecting because again, I mean, you know, if you talk about the technique of of uh, Rory Bunz, it is not good enough for test matches. If you talk about uh, uh, Josh Butler, right? I've been, you know, even on my Twitter, I've been saying that he doesn't have a technique to play test cricket for long. You know, uh, uh, playing a blockathon is one thing. He did it in the second test. That's a one thing, but test is not just about blocking, blocking, blocking every need to score runs. And uh, uh, so in the second test itself, second test or third test, on Twitter, I had predicted that, you know, Mitchell Stark will uh, let the one slant across him and he will edge to the second slip and precisely did it, he precisely did it. Because, see, uh, if you talk about Rory Burns, if you talk about Josh Butler or even Zach Crowley, right, these guys do not have their technique sorted to play the test cricket. Moreover, England's problems are that they, I mean, you know, their selectors back their white ball player to do the job in red ball. White ball, they I mean they need to understand white ball and red ball are two different games altogether. I don't I mean they are the cricket experts who are managing the uh, such I mean such a large team, but for some reason I don't know why they have not realized this perspective. And because of that, England is meeting the same way, uh, same fate because they are they are repeating the same thing. If you look at some of the dismissals, they were quite predictive, quite predictive. I mean Rory Burns, you just you just put one you know, outside off and is going to nick. The way we are talking about India, South Africa, right? Some of the repetitive things. Joe Root, I mean, of course he has scored so many runs. But the moment you dangle that carrot outside, outside the fourth or fifth stump, you are almost sure that he'll nick off. Okay, if I mean that that thing that Cameron Green can eke him out in in first and second test, then then it is done you you mean you know, scored so many runs but then you are not improving and that is where you keep repeating the same mistakes you keep getting the same results and the worst you are getting worse as you progress because you are now mentally broken as well in the second Thank innings you. you could see england was not just physically broken they were mentally broken as well uh, i i could i could remember that 2013 series then when swan retired and and jonathan trott they went big Went back mid series after uh, after Mitchell Johnson's day as right They are mentally broken now, and for this, for them to you know come back, it, management needs to change. Who can give the, these guys confidence? Not just walk away with those FT bonuses. They need to concentrate, and that's where that's where that entire test was. It was quite predictive the way it went, except for that 68
1: inning. So, um for me, it's, it starts in the first innings already. Not scoring enough runs in the first innings. You, you, you will not get away with scoring 180 in an uh, MCG test in the first innings, right? Root made a 50, as was sort of mandatory now these days. I think he'll get to 50 and get out, unfortunately, in Australia. He's done that nine times in 20 innings or so, right? And then you're right, Ben Stokes, he was not able to kick off from that 25. Neither did Johnny Bestow. Johnny Bestow was brought in as a stopgap here, right? So it goes without saying there's a huge hole at the top of the England order they cannot always have Jorut walk in at 24-2, 30 for two, whatever, right? So David Malan has shown enough that he needs to be persevered with, he needs to be given a few more chances. But there are no stopgap solutions available to England, right? You have Hasib Hamid, you have Rory Burns, you have Zach Crowley, right? Uh, which of these three would you would you pick up?
0: I, I would say, I would say only Hasib Hamid. I will give him more chances. The only reason is he has a technique. The only, only thing I see in his, uh, uh, his technique is he commits little early. You know, if you look at mm. his dismissals, he, he, as soon as the ball lands, he start commit so that, that he doesn't account for that length, uh, or say sorry, bounce, right? He doesn't account for that bounce. And because of mm. that, he, he, he uh, got out. So I'll say I'll work out. He has a very good technique and I'll work out with him, uh, Rory Burns and Zach Crawley. Zeke Crawley is not yet ready for the test cricket i would say yes he has experience even if you look at his stats right majority of his score is that 275 against against uh, pakistan otherwise there is no big score and his technique again flashing outside the off stump more in a white ball more than, than playing a test cricket so mm-hmm. not 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 to pursue right now uh, Hamid has a temperament he showed in india in 2016 even here, you know, he was making those, those early commits. If he can work that out, he has that potential to score bigger runs as well. So, that, that's the guy I will stick to, not to, not the other two.
1: Okay. When it comes to middle order, probably you made your thoughts clear. Josh Butler's time has come and gone probably. Johnny Berstow is, look, that's the problem for me. Ben Stokes is your banker in the middle order, but you need people who are more, uh, yeah, probably who are more old school test cricket, right? Oli yes. has shown a lot of promise, but again not delivering. He lost his place. You brought Johnny Berstow, who'll give you that 30 or 35, but not, not a big hundred, or not in somebody who can dig in, stay there, you know, and uh, let if somebody go through those tough periods uh, for even a session, maybe scoring like 20 runs, like Pujara might. Right? So it's not in his character. And then you are probably right. The Butler experiment now probably needs to be revisited. Fox is sitting on the wings. This guy can bat, but is also a pure glove man, right? Because he scored a big 100 in Sri Lanka away. So, Fox can bat. So, the question is probably is it time to fire Butler, give Fox that position, and let him make it his own? Give him 10 tests in that position, right? I don't see England making any knee jerk reactions in this 11. They'll play this uh, series out, even if it might be a final. I dare say it is heading that way, by the way. But, you know, this batting order is not doing any justice to those bowlers who, have, who really put their heart uh, in there in that test. You know, in spite of conceding a 180, um, you know, just making 185, they came back and they got Australia all out to, for a 267. It was, first of all, the pitch was not easy. It was not a typical MCG pitch, right? And there were not going to be 400-500 scores here. You saw it. There again, you know, Marcus, Har- Marcus Harris' 76 is such an important score, right? And I dare say even David Warner's 38. So, that was a difference where if Australia had also slipped to maybe 20 for 2, they could have also been 150 all out. Because the 57 runs that they made on that first day was so important. And probably David Warner's dismissal was a turning point. If David Warner had survived and played into the second day, you could have probably seen Australia dominate the test completely from that point on. But England bowlers, they struck back amazingly. They did not let anybody build a big score. You... You look at the people who Marnas, uh, Steven Smith, Travis said none of them were really allowed to build an innings of any, any you know uh, substance, and that's it. They made sure the tail contributed a little, pulled the lead you know that much more. Cummins and Stark hit out. That was very nice to see, right? Because that 40 runs probably made a huge difference. Instead of 230, they made 267. They started that much ahead of, ahead in the second innings. But really, uh, in the second innings. The only guy that made any score was Joe Root. Right? And you always knew England was going to lose. You could not see England win this game. But there was always this, the way, the only reason why we Test Match fans come back again and again is for that those miraculous things that happen. right? We've seen that enough times already this year as well. But no, not in this test. Ben Stokes, uh, yeah, tried, but he was beautifully uh, worked out by Stark that ball I dare say uh, probably many of us would have gotten out or many batsmen in world cricket would have been dismissed by that ball. And then, of course, Johnny Besto, Butler, nobody stood up. And uh, to be dismissed twice when the opposition have made only 267 and be lose by an innings, that's that's quite terrible, I would say. So you have already said the management needs to go, right? Now they're getting a break. Chris Silverwood is having to isolate because... Uh, somebody in his circle has tested positive so he's having to isolate with his family so he'll not be there for the fourth test what are your thoughts given what they have in the management right now uh there is no chris silverwood so who would you probably bring uh, after his ashes let's say whom would you bring as the next coach of england i would i would
0: rather look look for someone who's fresh who can bring in the fresh ideas probably definitely not in the this england management Okay. Someone who is working, uh, working and succeeding at, at the county level. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't go out of England. I wouldn't go for international coaches, definitely not, but someone who understands county cricket well, and who can bring in fresh ideas so that, you know, they can form or they can bring in that new mentality into the team, because as I spoke uh, this england team is not just physically broken they are now mentally broken too that you know winning matches is is probably a very difficult thing for us now so i would, I would bring in someone who understands county cricket setup really well and who can bring in fresh ideas that's what i will look into
1: right so you are going to say back somebody from the coaching setup of some some you know a successful county team probably who be yes. successful in the long format yes yes Hmm. Uh, why I ask you is, you know, um, Gary Kirsten has thrown his hat in the ring. You know, the um, the writing is more more or less on the wall as far as Chris Silverwood is concerned. I think they'll not make any major changes until the end of the series. But after that, I think he'll not be in the job for too long. Precisely. So
0: precisely.
1: I would say. There is even a chance that look they have prioritized their uh, cricket a little bit differently two to three years ago with uh, you know when uh, Bailey's was in the coaching job they empowered him and Ian Morgan to sort of uh, go ahead and ma- do a makeover of the England one day setup and T Twenty setup today they are where they are thanks to that thought process right. but they are now, their test team is now suffering their test team somehow kept delivering up to a point but now it's very glaring it's not up to the mark right. The batting can't be this brittle. You will never win a test again if batting is always this brittle. So, even at home, you will start losing. So, it happened when they lost to India. And I dare say if that last test match had been played, probably India would have still won it or at least drawn it. And they would have won the series 2-1. So, the team already looked very brittle at home. And now it's like like it's completely exposed by Australia. And it always happens when they go to play an away Ashes. They are a little bit weaker. So, this is, this is a very dangerous thing as far as uh, England test cricket is concerned. I think they are not going to make too many knee-jerk reactions, but you will see some changes. They will see changes in personnel. People like Butler um, and uh, Bairstow might not get too many chances, for example. People like Ollie Pope and even Zach Rawley. Zach Rawley might be sent back to uh, you know le- learn some of those tricks again, but people like Ollie Pope might be given an ultimatum, like prove yourself in the ne- next three tests, but you might not do much. I mean, are right might get a slightly longer row, but I would say Burns has not done that badly. You know, uh, he might still be given a little bit more chances, but yeah, they they have to they have to do some uh, thinking. I agree with you there. Australia have taken the series three nil, and for me, it's a final. I don't see England really being I mean, able to salvage the test. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yes,
0: yes, Ajit. Absolutely. I mean, it's more about how many days do they do the last every test? Okay, it's not about winning. It's about how long they last in a test match. And 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 that is that is all pending for next two tests, is what, what I'm looking at. You know, even as you said, as you rightly said, right? It won't be a major change till series ends. And that's that's right as well. But otherwise, I don't see a major change in, in the results as well. Because again, we'll we'll see England is at 10 for two or 15 for two, or at the max 30 for two, and Joe Root coming and scoring some runs. If if only positive that I can see here is that. From a fan's perspective, more than a management, is that uh, there are two tests for for Root to play freely and score his turn in in Australia. I mean, I would say the way he has played as as a player, he deserves it. Okay, he scored so many nineties now, he has scored seventies, and he deserves that century. And that's a positive for me from England camp as a fan. That hopefully he'll he'll sort out his mindset that now I don't need to win. So okay, I'll focus and I'll score the runs. Or probably becoming a little selfish as we were talking about. Who knows that may help the team too, but no, 5-0 is written on the ball right now.
1: Well, uh, we must definitely talk a little bit about Scott Boland, you know, a horses for courses bowler. He was brought into MCG and yeah. he really, really showed that that was the right selection. So, him chosen ahead of Jay Richardson had a niggle, so they had to rest him. But there was another bowler already in the squad and, um, you know, it does come across a little harsh on that bowler, but Boland being chosen ahead of him and him actually taking a 6-for-7. How often do you make a 6-for-7 on debut, right? And it's fantastic effort from him there. And as good as this rest of the bowlers were, he really stood head and shoulders above them in the second innings. And he was delivering beautiful stump-to-stump, stump, uh, you know, uh, and England would not did not know how to play him, apparently. So, and the ball always had a little bit of movement or sometimes very rarely did a little bit uh, you know, off the pitch. But a lot of credit goes to him and I think uh, been slogging right for um, a decade or so. This is a just reward for somebody like him. Mm. And uh, we don't know if he'll get another test or if he'll play again Sydney test because Sydney is sort of spin friendly. So if you were to turn a little bit of focus to Sydney, head has been ruled out. He's tested COVID positive, right for Australia. Yeah. So, uh, whom do you see coming in for him?
0: Mm, as of now, honestly, I, I, I haven't analyzed that. But mm-hmm. if if head goes out, maybe they mm-hmm. they should look to somewhere at the top of the order rather than the middle order. The reason being, mm-hmm. you know, again Marcus yes, seventy seven in, in in this uh, this test or seventy six rather for mm-hmm. Marcus Harris, but he has been struggling as well. Can they think of pushing him in the middle order? Yes, he hasn't played etc. But can they put uh, uh, put him there? Yes, Will Pukowski is not available right now. But once he comes back, okay, he's he's he has scored good runs against India when he was playing. They showed that he has a good technique. So that place may not be with Marcus Harris. So if you want to stick to Marcus Harris, probably get him play over in the middle order. It, see, this could be a big ask as well. That you know, just out of the blue, mm-hmm. I'm saying something. But then you have you have shown that you want to persist with him. If you want to persist with him. Why not try him at a middle order too? Because you you need someone uh, someone uh, left handed in the middle order uh, in place of Travis Head. Try him on top. Give it, give a chance to someone else.
1: I would say Usman Kwaja might step in. So they have also added Nick madinson and Josh English as a cover, and even uh, Mitch Marsh has been added. Right. Yeah. So when Head was withdrawn, but I dare say Usman Khawaja, who is already in the squad, he probably gives you all of those things that you said left hander in the middle order. Well, he has the experience to bat in the middle order. Required. He bats mostly in the top order. But the way Warner and Harris have gone uh, about, and Harris having scored the highest score even, right? I don't think they'll separate the top two. But Possibly and yes. Marnus and Steven Smith will stay where they are. So they I are the brothers to, in arm. <laughs> both are very twitchy. It's a <laughs> bit tough exactly. to watch when they're together. Yeah. But then you have you know you listen to the commentary. <laughs> don't look at it. But that's okay. So I would say. Probably Quads I will step in. I would be disappointed if he de- if he doesn't. Rather, if they go for somebody else, I would be a bit disappointed because he's in the squad. He has the experience, and well, he's coming to the end of his career. He's 35 now, right? So uh, it's, it's it's a tough call. So if they choose to not choose him, if they choose to not give him a chance, maybe bring in Nick Madsen, who's also 29, or even Josh English. So English is a very good keeper, but Kerry is the keeper right now. But English is also a very good batsman. So it might be a toss-up between Josh English and Josh English and Usman Khwaja. I don't see Nick Madinson also give, being given a chance. So but I think Usman Kwaja will come in. And for England, it's now going to be a spinning pitch, right? So Sydney. So that will be the question because head could also bowl. Right. And now head, head is not there. So do you see Mitchell Swepson getting a test for Australia? Yes.
0: Yes, yes, I definitely see. He can he can come in place of Scott Bowling as you said mm. as you rightly said right we, we may not even know whether he'll get the next test or a test in his career but yes mitchells when could definitely come and you know even if you look at historically uh, australia has always bring in second spinner as soon as we are at sydney so definitely he may come in
1: makes sense right so you know with green bowling that that much he's filling up that additional 10 or 12 hours a day it might make sense that you give uh, yeah, you give Swepson a chance,
0: yeah. and he's at a
1: right age group. He's been doing well, so time for him to you know get a chance as well. I would say, yeah. Uh, how about England? Do you see maybe Dom Best coming to the squad, and if so, in whose place do you think?
0: The, if he comes, he he'll come in place of uh, probably Chris Wokes, Chris Wokes, uh, or or rather, uh, definitely not not in in place of uh, Jack Leach because in in. Hmm. In uh, Sydney, you are going to look at two spinners. So definitely Bass and Leach will operate in tandem rather than separating them. So probably mm-hmm. in in place of in place of Chris Vokes maybe, that, that oh, yeah. would be the place we can look at.
1: And uh, so yeah, one placement would be dropped and the spinner could be accommodated. That's one thing. And in the middle order, do you see England making any changes?
0: I uh, don't see. I don't see. Because even again, see, though I talk about Zach Crawley, Yes, come in very very recently, right? So they'll they'll persist Correct. with him. Anyway, series is out, so you know you you rather open up and play your the game you want to play. Otherwise, there are not not many you know many contenders. Probably Dan Lawrence may come in in place of Johnny Bersto. Exactly. But but again, Jan, Johnny Bersto has been given a singles test after a long time, so they may persist with him. But having said that, yes. Dan uh, Lawrence may come in.
1: But uh-huh. that's
0: that's there'll be a there'll be a call on management rather whether we want to give. Or
1: the way I look at it, Johnny Bearstow will be given the gloves. Butler might be dropped, and Dan Lawrence will come in. Okay, that's the change I I think in my head, right? So as you say, Zachary has been brought in. It's very unfortunate if you just give him one chance and drop him. Yes, it'll not be right. So he'll play. That they'll retain the top three. Joe Root is there at four. At five you'll have bearstow and at six you'll have Dan Lawrence probably.
0: No, Ben Stokes will still retain at fifth. Then you ah, know, sixth ah. will be Lawrence, and seventh will be uh, seven. Could be Bear
1: Okay, that makes sense as well. So I I think if anything, you might drop uh, um, Butler. It's a it's, it'll always be a bit harsh when you drop Butler, but it has to be done now. I think right. Yeah, so, yeah, it's
0: been long now.
1: So I think this could be something that England might uh, tweak. We'll see what's the change uh, man- management mindset as well. They don't have the head coach anymore, but probably he'll still be there with teams or uh, Zoom or whatever, right? We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, that was a very nice discussion. I think two tests, uh, we've had a very you know thorough discussion. I like that. Now, if you were to move on quickly, um, let's go through the top five cricketing moments for you in 2021, Nishant, right? so let's start what which are the top five moments for you in 2021 and let's go through them one by one
0: sure sure so uh, i'll i'll start in a reverse order rather okay mm-hmm. the the fifth one was wdc finals world championship finals
1: aha uh-huh.
0: of course new zealand won and and you know i'm happy them that, that for them that they won because they have shown a lot of consistency over the period of time right, uh, right. of course you can say that it was a bit harsh on india to come and just play a single test in foreign conditions without much of the practice they were around i don't know they were they were playing ipl and suddenly after COVID they traveled there and less of a practice and directly were playing wtc finals so it was a different sort of a pressure uh a new i mean new new type of game the WTC finals have never been played so you do not know what to expect over there so you may say that a bit harsh on them but then you know new zealand showed why they are good on those tracks right like the uh, moving tracks how, how good they are yeah. Jameson, right he, he showed his value on these tracks right why why uh, new zealand rates him so high when it comes to playing in new zealand or or the conditions which are pretty similar over there and mm-hmm. how good they have a bowling attack as far as those conditions are concerned or even even the batting batting right i mean uh, mm-hmm. yes, ross taylor is retiring but but he has been a rock alongside Kane Williams and for them for so many years and, and they probably deserve this result, uh, knowing that how consistent they have been over the period of last few years so I am happy for them and and that was definitely the fifth of my yeah. 2021, moment, 2021 moment a
1: couple of points there that you touched on so for me they are well deserved winners as you rightly say I don't feel particularly sorry for India because it was a choice I think they made when they chose to not really get Play a warm-up game. Provided there's COVID and other things, it's never that easy, right? So it's understandable, unfortunately, that they are unable to get as many or as much practice time as they would have liked in England. New Zealand were already there and playing in England, so they were probably in a slightly better position, right? So that's understandable. As an Indian cricket fan, you feel a little, uh, you know, let down. But unfortunately, this is how these things come. And New Zealand, I think, on that game they played that much better so the second innings collapse of India was the reason why India lost Mm -hmm. right if the middle order had added another 10-12 runs each we always add say that so that could have first of all taken out that additional one hour one and a half hours of time and that would have given New Zealand that much more to score that meant their approach in the second innings would have been different and they wouldn't have been able to win that easily so it's that collapse on the fourth day of Indian second innings that's what cost them the game I would say the other thing, yes. If you look at New Zealand cricket overall, this is a well-deserved reward. And they have been, look, they have been probably the best touring team. They have been good home and away. And they have been good in all three formats. Right? So, in the T20 World Cup, they did well. In the Limited World Cup, they were in the finals. And they won the World Test Championship. So, it, it comes naturally that they win this. It was very nice to see that. You know, always are underdogs. They are always called underdogs and etc. They are no longer underdogs for me, New Zealand. They showed that they are no longer underdogs. They are a team. As th- that can start as favourites, right? And uh, coming to Ross Taylor, yes, his contribution is like immense to New Zealand cricket. It's it goes without saying. But I think when he's away from the team is when you will really see what sort of contribution he made. Exactly. Right? Even sometimes being in the group as a, in a leadership group as a senior statesman in that team, the, probably the words he used to use and uh, his inputs would always would, would always be important. And of course, his runs. It as I said. Uh, that 290 that he scored after his eye operation in Australia, like really special innings and Ross Taylor has been always been a very special player. So for me, uh, he has a limited repertoire of shots but he's made the most out of it. Right. And he's had a long productive career in every format and for him to be dropped out of T20 World Cup squad, I was a bit disappointed but I can see where the New Zealand cricket is looking forward. Right. So uh, fine. That's fine. So that happens. So I would say all the best for him and New Zealand in their upcoming uh, summer, and you know, may they finish on a bang as far as Ross Taylor's you know end of career goes. So that yes. that's a good point. Which is the next one for you? The
0: next one is England humiliation, right? Sixty-eight all out. We just spoke about it. Yeah, we about more, that in detail. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was more about a pretty much expected result, but then as I said, I wasn't expecting them to uh, be sixty-eight all out and then end the year on such a note. That they are mentally right. broken too. I mean, see, they are honestly for me they are in pieces right now. And bringing those pieces together and and make a team out of it is going to be difficult. And it's a long road, long journey they'll have to take. And that is one. It's a milestone moment in, in England cricket, and especially overall cricket as a fan because you know they were one of the teams that we were looking at. To you know, uh, to be a challenging team rather than just just playing out the uh, Test match because they are playing it right. Next, Absolutely. next, next two years we may not look England as good as they were even in even in you know at the start of 2021 when they won Chennai Test against India in India. Right? It's not easy to win a Test in India for foreign foreign teams, but England still won it. Similarly, you know we may not see that coming in next two, next two years. Now they have to go into the Rebuilding process. Another reason for me, this as a moment, is you know, this is a lesson not just for for England cricket, for all the cricket boards, and to all the personals as well in in the world. When I say personals, it's a, it's an important learning as a human that if you keep on repeating same mistakes, you are going to make, I mean, make the same similar fate. You rather improve as soon as you see that you are making, uh, or say so you see as soon as you are making mistakes. Right.
1: otherwise we end up having sixty-eight all out. Correct. Now that that was in, indeed unfortunately an as far as their cricketing, uh, you know, year was concerned, and they really started well. They won in New Zealand, uh, sorry, Sri Lanka, two tests really in Sri Lanka, teams, yes, right, and then they followed up with a victory against. they really in a really uh, good position. And then to finish it this way is really unfortunate, yes. But as you say, look, even James Anderson has spoken and uh, openly in public and saying that uh, ECB should redress this balance between white and red ball, right? So I think you might see some changes. Their cricket is anyway going through a slightly tumultuous time with what with all the inquiries that are currently going on, right? About uh, racial injustice and so on. So uh, I think they're going to come out stronger, but you're absolutely right. The next 12 months are going to be tough for the red ball team. We'll see how they, uh, the, how they are able to accredit themselves. What is your third uh, point then?
0: The third one is end of Virat Kohli as a white ball captain. I would say, I mm. mean, the reason I say that is because, you know, if you look at his record, it's an impeccable record as a captain. But because it's not just he's winning in his home. Even in South Africa, he won. I mean, in Australia, we mm. may not have won the series, but, you know, it wasn't that... Australia was winning uh, dominantly, right, and he was constantly giving fight to I'm talking about recent records, if not more. Right. Yes. Yes. T20 World Cup was a was a dribbling that we all weren't expecting, but see, once in a while, that is always going to happen, right. And for me, it was a little harsh on him to to you know uh, go away from white ball captainship. I understand as a player when you progress, uh, you know, you start taking more responsibilities, and because of that, few things suffer. But then, having said that, I mean, I I don't rate him lesser than any other Indian captain who has succeeded in white ball. The reason is, you know, ICC trophies is one thing, but as a captain, the way he has set up our team for future, it's beautiful. For someone to, I mean, you know, one thing is to captain your team and win it, and one thing is to set up your team for someone else to take it ahead as well. You know, we may see a lot of wins and uh, in in with the future captain. Lloyd Sharma for next couple of years, but then, you know, it, it won't happen without Virat Kohli's contribution as a captain, the way the energy that he has brought into that team, the way he has, you know, yes, he does chopping and changing, but once you are in 11, you know, you are bagged like anything, even if you are hit for a six, that's okay. And that's what captain is all about. Right? The, the way he gives confidence, the way he celebrates his bowlers' wickets, right? I haven't seen any captain. Because you know, uh, w- when I see some, my captain celebrating like that, it gives me a lot of confidence as a bowler, right? That means they trust mm-hmm. in me. I can do what I want to do, right? And that is why India's India's record as a as a uh, white ball team is so good, and that is the reason. I would say end of Virat Kohli is an era as a white ball captain is a is a 2021's moment for
1: me. Look, the way it came about, uh, his almost uh, dismissal from the one day captaincy was not nice the way it played out mm. in public and so on yeah. we've spoken about it uh, at length in one of our previous episodes but at the end of the day that could have been handled better and i agree totally that you know his record as a captain stands for itself 70% uh, win is 50%. like quite something yeah. right so um but at the end you're still looked at for trophies and india has not had a world trophy since 2013 so unfortunately there may have been even a knock on effect Him failing to win the World Test Championship, then failing to do well in the T20 World Cup, right? Where he himself said he doesn't want to captain T20s anymore. I think that may have had a knock-on effect. That he's had four goes at it now, right? And no World Trophy. That might still be for all the good that he has brought in. There is no doubt about the professionalism, the ethics, the steel, right? That he's introduced to the Indian cricket. It'll it'll be a big thing. Going forward for Indian cricket, no doubt. It's like, you know, Ganguly came in, made some changes. India are better for it. Dhoni came, same thing, Kohli, right? Um, but I think he will be, that was one of the reasons why I think he was asked to step down as the captain. And probably also there's this uh, doubt whether he should have even stepped down as a T20 captain. But I think probably he was saying it. he's had too much in terms of captaincy. Look, it's a very demanding job. Three to four years takes a lot out of you already. He's been captaining RCB, he's been captaining India T20 and then India in all formats at least, Right. So, I think it was time, but I think it should have been done in a much nicer way. I'll put it like that. Yes. Right. And uh, I'm thinking this management, the Indian BCCI management is probably thinking in terms of 2023 World Cup already. Right. That's why they asked 2022, there's already a World Cup. Right. But 2023, there's the one day World Cup. So, they're more gearing up towards that World Cup to win that World Cup. That's why they wanted to give a clean slate to Rohit Sharma saying you're the captain of both the teams. Now it's in your hands. And you should be looking to uh, lead the team forward. So, let's see. But look, Kohli, the batsman, will remain integral to this team. The chaser, the Kohli, the white ball chaser, will be required if India have to continue to win any big games right in the big stage. So, I'm looking forward to him contributing with his bat, shrugging off all of these things and going out there on the field and scoring those runs for India. Yep, uh, without a doubt. Without a saying that Kohli as a
0: batsman is and is undroppable at this point in time his record speaks and for him even if even if you look at this here as a te- in test match yes 71st hasn't come in but but if you look at the scores i mean they are none less than the consistent batter so without a doubt even in white ball he's a much integral to the team
1: next next one then on the list
0: the next one is t20 world cup of mm-hmm. course it was the uh, probably the you know icc event right. uh, i thought it could have been played in a better conditions not as a uae i mean wherever you play but but say you know uh, it could have played in such a way that it gives a balance to both the teams to me i mean as as the tournament progresses it was very very evident the play the team who wins the toss is going to win the match even if it's a final right? mm-hmm. it was as simple as that and and that somewhere disappointed me in such a big tournament when you do not have balance between two teams or say you know you do not give similar advantage to both the teams when your uh, you know your results depend more on the toss then you you know you are leaving too many things out and and that that was i would say the, the reason it is in the moments yes t20 world cup icc events it's it's always a big thing but then had it been played with with certain you know uh, certain advantage to both the teams, it would have been much, much better. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, you know, Namibia's Namibia's rise in that tournament. Before that, very few followed Namibia cricket. At least as a fan. I, I hardly used to watch their game. But now I'm sure I'm going to watch them the way they have come up, the, the way they have I mean, you know, uh, played as a team. It was excellent. To see them, you know, yes, they lost. That's against big teams. That's fine. But even the first say in a qualifying phase, they played beautifully. They knew what they were doing. Addition of David Wies was something that uh, missing piece for them. And they uh, as soon as that piece was in, there's a ensure that we roll as a ball, we roll as a team rather than just a, uh, you know playing cricket. So absolutely, it was a, a T20 World Cup was a fourth point for me.
1: Right, the way Australia won the five, you know tournament against. Probably not many people expected them to win at the beginning at the, beginning the You expected big teams, Australia, you expected England, India, right? And after sort of Pakistan, the way they started, you also probably thought Pakistan had a good chance. Yes. And uh, you always never write out New Zealand. They were again, you know, at there or thereabouts. So, Australia sort of surprised everybody to win the World Cup and they themselves did not have a trophy for a while. So, I think yeah. that was addressed. Aaron Finch wrote his name in Australia. In, History by winning a World Cup as a captain, right? So all this was very nice to see, and as you say rightly, the qualifiers beforehand was a real eye opener. We've spoken in detail about these, but really Namibia, the way they played, they stood out, and uh, this shows you know there's a lot more depth in international cricket as long as there's the right amount of um, encouragement, uh, funds that is being uh, provided, is an encouragement, and, uh, opportunity, absolutely. All right, then the top uh, moment for you.
0: The top one, uh, more than a you know, being a side owner. This is more about an individual. That mm-hmm. Gabba win or series win in Australia. It was right. it was a dream come true sort of for an Indian fan, right? I mean, I still remember mm-hmm. in the January waking up early just to ensure that you know India doesn't lose that match because <laughs> the, when the fifth day started, it was more like you know it was still in Australia's favor and they'll win it but there was a hope inside for every fan there is a hope that you know we may not win it i was i was pretty much not expecting india to win being very honest okay i was like they just play out the way they play out played out in sydney right but to win it it was just a dream come true i I was like i would say you know for for me indian team is an emotion as simple as that right and i i I just enjoyed that those with so much of emotion that winning that game that uh, in Hindi, Vivek Rasdan said, hai gaba gaman. and that was quite evident. I mean, a lot of people then spoke about, you know, it was in Australian summer, the pitch was not Australian, I mean, supporting Australia, etc. But if you look at that Indian team, depleted Indian team, where Shardul Thakur and uh, uh, Washington Sundar coming in and making those contributions, it was it was telling that how good Indian cricket is. right? And then... Winning a series in Australia. Last time in 2018-19, people spoke that Steven Smith was not there. David Warren was not, not there. And if you had any doubts, that was, you know, that was addressed as well, that this Indian team is dominating. And, and probably that is also the reason uh the WTC finals loss didn't hurt me as much as it could have as an Indian fan, because you know, you are consistent. One odd match may go go here and there. That's fine. If it was WTC final. It was probably, you know, your your hard luck. But otherwise, the way Indian, this Indian team is, it's absolutely proud. And to see them winning that in GAPA, I mean, Australia's series in Australia is special, but then winning it the, at the Fortress, it's as good as it gets in, in Test cricket.
1: Absolutely. And it's so much special. Yeah. Right, And um, I remember, I still remember shaking uh, after that victory, unable to believe that India chased on such a big total that set up by Shubman Gill and that finished by Panth. right? It will stay forever in the fans' minds, but also it will definitely be forever, you know, in Indian cricket history annals. This is such a special moment. The way they came back and set up the game, and then to finish it off by that chase, like it's a big chase, right? And of course, uh, Gabba is a fortress, and it's been so to say reaffirmed recently in <laughs> the Ashes. Yeah, but yes. Um, no matter wh- how many achievements this young group of players in the Indian team go on to, people like Shubman Gill, you have Vihari, you have, you know, Pant, you know, all of these people, they are, they have a lot more in their career to come. But this will probably always stay as that special moment, and I, n- I have no doubts that uh, going to Australia and winning twice in Australia, that's again very special, right? Not many teams are able to do that. So all of it was capped, and you've lost your best batsman and captain due to some uh, you know some pre-planned uh, events. And still the team having continuously losing players. You know, there was a joke on social media. If there were going to be another test, India would probably have picked people from the crowd. Indian fans from the crowd still played them and won the test. I, I mean, I the, the way they were losing players, there was no guarantee they would even have 11 for the next game, right? So, Shiraj, Shardul, those people, Gill, their contributions in the last two tests. And Ashwin and uh, Vihari unable to move, both of them, but still blocking out 42 hours in that afternoon on SCG. Right. They will always stay with you. So I totally agree. And this happened, this Gabba test happened in the new year. So it was fantastic. And yes. it, absolutely for me, the crowning moment for all of test cricket this year, I must say. A couple MCG. of honourable mentions. So Meyer scoring that four, fourth innings double hundred to win the test for uh, West Indies against Bangladesh, Bangladesh. right? And the bowling performance of uh, Rakim Conwall to win that series 2-0 for West Indies. right? And then Ajas Patel, taking a 10-4 against India, unfortunately in a losing cause, must be said. So yeah. all of these were really, really special moments in Test cricket. So a couple of just other mentions, but all in all, if you are a Test match fan, I think you would be very satisfied with this year. Even I dare say as a cricket fan, you would be very satisfied with this year. What do you say?
0: Absolutely. I mean, to first thing first is to watch so many Test matches in a year. I was yeah. really happy because you know I'm the guy who can sit sit and watch all, uh, all 540 volts in a day. From first fall of the day to uh, last fall of the 90th, over I can still watch it, you know, because of the technique and, and you know strategies used in test cricket. And the beauty of it is that you know it gives you the second chance. Okay. So I love it. And and this year was just amazing. And being in if you are on top of test cricket fan, if you are Indian cricket fan, it was just a year that probably you'll dream in years to come. I would I would allowed to go back to uh, again to the Gaba win when I mention this again is because I am that guy from 90s who used to watch at 5 in the morning just India losing those wickets after wickets after wickets and from there to come and win consistently twice in Australia and then win in Gaba was even more patient. So for 20, I mean it could not be better as a test cricket fan, Indian cricket fan uh, as far as 2021 is concerned.
1: Alright. So now if you were to Take a quick look at some of the other getting news. So the USA and Ireland series, the T20 series was played out, which ended one all. Uh, The first of those, United States won um, a historic victory against Ireland. They batted first, made a big score, and won that game comfortably. Right, so that's great. And Ireland struck back. They are a very experienced team. They only made 150 in the second uh, T20, but they restricted United States and won that game. So the series was one all. But the ODA series that was supposed to happen has been postponed due to the number of COVID infections that have been detected in both camps. So, unfor- that's really unfortunate that the one-day series could not be comp- completed. But still, you know, big deal because uh, Ireland has been touring, and now United States is in a position to host teams, at least for yes. limited-overs games. So, uh, always a big news because this this country has a big sporting setup. If you look at their MLB, their basketball. If they are able to bring that sporting acumen, that sporting organization to Cricket, I, I dare say this might be the next revolution coming in Cricket. right? So Precisely. When Kerry Packer introduced his uh, colored clothing, playing under lights, uh, that was a revolution where one day Cricket and you know, Limited overs Cricket took up its own place in Cricket. Then P20 revolution happened. So, that moment, United States cricket stands up and is accepted as a sport. There, that might be the next revolution that's coming to cricket. What it brings is something we look down the line, but these are the first steps we are seeing in that happening, right? So, some important, uh, let's say, uh, by events that might have you know uh, more effects down the years that we might see. Then uh, the next news is Abid Ali, the Pakistani opener, who you know had complained of chest pain and had to be taken to the hospital and. Uh, over the course of a week, he had two angioplasties. Right? He is mm. now recovering. We are very happy to read this news because this guy is again one of those journeymen in uh, first class cricket who's toiled for more than a decade. First class cricket, absolutely. We really hope this does not limit his career. He might have to take some time to recuperate, but we are really hoping he's in a position to come back and continue to represent Pakistan in tests. So, we will be looking forward to this news and we will be watching this very carefully because, you know, James Taylor, the English uh, cricketer who had a similar problem, not the exact problem, but similar problem, had to stop playing international cricket. And I had to play, had to stop playing cricket competitively altogether. Right. So, that was, that was very unfortunate. He was only 26, but still we hope his career does not come to such an end and that he's allowed to come back on field. You know, cricketers have had bigger issues. So, if you remember when, when that unfortunate incident happened in uh, Pakistan with the Sri Lankan travelling tour, Dilan Samaravira had uh, been shot in the leg, but he was able to come back. Yes. He was able to make test hundreds for Sri Lanka after that. And we really hope to see the same thing happening. Well, Abid is a bit older. He's not 31, but he's 34. But I really hope he still has a couple of good seasons ahead of him. He's able to come back and play. Okay. Now, uh, the other news that we wanted to have a quick uh, chat about was uh, the Lankan Premier League. The Sri Lankan, you know, T uh, Twenty tournament, where the 2021 version was completed, and the Gallic Gladiators have been defeated, and uh, team that won previously has again won it. Jaffna Kings had won it last year; they have again Jaffna won, it. and Gallic yes. Gladiators have again lost. But I couldn't really follow this tournament too much. But you know, they still had some big names playing. So, well, congratulations to Jaffna Kings on this victory. It was a very high scoring tournament. That's the one thing I saw consistently. A lot of 200 plus scores. And a lot of... There were even... I dare say a couple of very high chases, if I'm not wrong. So, all in all, a very interesting tournament. And uh, Tom Kohler-Cadmore, he's a British uh, player. And he's been doing well in T20I circuits around the world. Uh, It remains to be seen whether he'll get a chance to play in England colours. So, let's see how that goes. Uh, When I look at these tournaments, right, we always look at Samit Patel. Another England player always playing. And he was... Tried and discarded by England for one reason or the other at some point in time. And I think this might have been a missed opportunity for England. But that's again a lot of water under the bridge. Now I don't think he has any chance of making a comeback. But just another player that I thought I might make a mention. Coming back, yep. So the last thing I wanted to discuss is um, ICC is trying to get cricket introduced as a game in Olympics. So in the 2023. Uh, when the final decision might happen about the Los Angeles Olymp- Olympics, so the Los Angeles Olympics is in 2028, but uh, in 2023 the this final decision might come through, and ICC is popping in a lot of money. They are making a three million bid, dollar three million bid, to have cricket included. What are your thoughts? Do you think cricket played in Olympics might be a good thing? I would say
0: absolutely yes, a big yes. The reason is once it is in Olympics. Cricket will get that uh, get that uh, you know fame that cricket is looking for to expand themselves because we see there are only say limited test teams right or limited consistent teams who are playing good but the moment it comes into Olympics people will start noticing it more and more country will be interested over there the way USA is expanding themselves in a cricket right say earlier we would not have expected the uh, Chan to play for for them right but now it's it's a reality uh, they are inviting so many people from so many countries right? similarly once it is in olympics it will get get that uh, you know recognition and more teams will start coming in and that is the reason yes absolutely yes i wanted it to be in olympics
1: all right that was a very nice chat and uh, before we close asian under 19 uh, one day championship is underway and world cup yeah the yeah. finals yeah uh, the, the asian uh, finals India and Sri Lanka are playing and Sri Lanka are 74 for 7 currently, batting first. So just, just something to finish yeah. off. I think uh, there's some rain delays. So we hope this game has enough time to be finished and you know uh, a result is achieved. Let's see how that goes. Uh, so Nishant, thanks a lot for joining us. And we had a very wonderful chat. I really did not expect that we would uh, chat in such depth. But I'm really happy we were able to explore every every detailed nuance of those two tests, at least the first two tests. I was really happy to have this chat with you. I always ask my guests at the beginning, but I did not. So, but I'll ask you now, why cricket bloggers? Why this site?
0: The reason is, you know, uh, I've I been writing for quite some time now. I, I love to write and then cricket is my passion. I hope in, in this chat, it came through as well. Cricket has been my passion. So as I grew, you know, I was not able to manage time to play it as much as I could in my earlier days. And I thought, if not that way, what is the better way to live cricket every day in my life? And then I thought, you know, why why not to come up with a cricket bloggers or say, a website where I can share my thoughts about cricket? And so you know that that's how I live cricket every day of my life. And that's that's how cricket bloggers came in. I'm an IT guy, so uh, we're working with so websites was so not a, not a major hurdle for me. It was just about putting things together. And then since I was writing, it was more about writing for a particular sport that I've been. I've been loving since you know, I was, been, I was born, I would say. So, that is the reason cricketbloggers.com came through and that's how I'm looking to expand my journey as much as possible. In my journey, a lot of people have helped me. I would like to thank them as well. It's not just my effort. Uh, and I would say I would like, love to thank them as well. But this is the reason you know, cricketbloggers.com and living cricket and through my cricketbloggers.com.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. So, where can our listeners... Uh catch up with you and cricket bloggers uh,
0: sure guys i mean i would say uh, cricketbloggers.com bloggers.com uh, We uh, write you know as much as possible so you can read through and if you want to contact you can you know you can reach out to me on my cr- cr- uh, cricket bloggers in, on twitter and if you are interested in writing just you know in go to my uh, about us page or you can go to write to us page be a blogger we have a special page for all the people who want to write want to contribute on writing on cricket so you can simply go to be a blogger page make your you know make your entry uh, email us and we, you know we can contribute to us as well so surely guys reach out to us very welcome
1: thanks a lot i've been looking at your site it's pretty impressive really very professional, and also the content is very nice. So I hope you know you have more and more success with the site, and you know. Thank you, Ajit. Uh, Who knows? One day, somebody, me or my uh, co-host, might contact you, and we might request to have uh, you know write something there. We'll see how that goes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely sure, with Ajit.
1: All right then. Thanks a lot for joining me for this chat, and uh, I wish you a, a happy new year, and also all our listeners, uh, happy new year.
0: Sure, Ajit. Ajit, before we close, just a note that thank you so much, guys, again, for the opportunity. i been listening to your podcast. The richness of the content and the way, you know, the way it has been discussed is absolutely amazing. I've been listening to it consistently and that is the reason I made the request to come and, you know, if I can join you guys. And, and thank you so much. I hope, I wish all the best and I hope I'll be making more contributions to Armchair podcast. Surely, guys, thank you so much
1: no worries we are happy to share the space and uh, yeah wish you all the best as well alright then bye bye
0: thank you bye this is the armchair cricket podcast